0: amen. Well, we thank God that we can worship the Lord and that you can be encouraged today of the message. So we're going to pray, then we'll open up with the message that you will be blessed. Father, we just thank you for your blessed morning, afternoon. May we just glorify and thank your name for your goodness of waking us up this morning to see another day that you'll continue to guide us in this hour. May your people just hear the word that they'll be blessed to receive it. And we just thank you in Jesus name. Amen. So this is a new month, the month of November. This month is Who is in Control? The theme for the month of November is Who is in Control? And today's message is Carnal versus the Spirit. Carnal versus the Spirit. And we're going to open up in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 17 for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would and verse 17 is talking about the sinful nature of you men and how they think verses the Holy Spirit that liveth in us. So it's telling us how the old nature has a sinful way and the evil way to desire. But God tells us to walk in the Spirit. Here's a question for you to answer quietly. What rises up Your ways or God's ways? So I'm going to give you scenarios and you kind of, you know, answer it quietly. What tends to rise up? You or God's spirit in you? The first one would be argument. Do God reign in you during the time of argument or heated battle of your Between two people? How about your boss giving you a hard time? How about you're the boss and you and how you treat your people, your employees? How about when a man sees a woman or a woman sees a man? How about ethical practice but you're using shortcuts? How about believers among each other, if they have indifferences, how does that turn out? How hard is it being truthful? So the question was presented earlier, does the God reign in you or is it yourself that reigns in you? Who is in control, yourself or the Spirit of God? Now, Romans 8, 4 through 8 is going to be our main context. Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 4 through 8, starting with verse 4. The righteous of the law might be fulfilled us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Verse five, for they that are after the flesh do mind of the things of the flesh, but they are after the spirit are the things of the spirit. Verse six, for to be carnal minded is death, but to be spiritual minded is life and peace. Verse seven, because the carnal mind is enmity, Against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, but neither indeed can be. In the last verse, verse 8: So then, that they are in the flesh cannot please God. So let's go back to verse 4 and we'll break this down: The righteous of the law might be. Fulfilled in us. And who walk not after the flesh. But after the spirit. Listen to this. The more you spend time. With God. In a personal way. You'll begin to know his will. Amen. The more you spend time. In the Bible study. Sunday service. You begin to follow his will. See, you have choices to live for God or live for yourself. Amen. So we pray that you will begin to start living for God from this point on. Verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are After the Spirit, the things are of the Spirit. In that verse 5, if you're a Christian, is your life more of the flesh or after the Spirit? This is the character of God. It's the Spirit. And we're going to break it down of the fruit of the Spirit versus the carnal things of man. It's the opposite of God's character. That's what it means by the flesh versus the spirit. Once you know the Bible, you have a guideline how to live for God. Are you willing to let go everything and surrender to Him? Let God work through you to overcome. Verse six. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now we kinda broke down carnally minded. Yes is in the Bible. Fleshly is not in the Bible, but is another way to describe the carnal things of the Bible of people. How they conduct themselves. So that's in there. Carnally minded. It's the opposite of God's character. So here's an example. Ready? Love versus hate. Joy versus sad. Peace versus worry. Long suffer. Impatience, gentleness—you're hard. Goodness, you're bad. Meekness, which means submissiveness, versus pride that don't want to be told. Temperance, which is self-control, versus weak to temptation, to give in. Which one do you need to work on? I mentioned nine of the fruits. These are the characteristic of God and how to walk in the Spirit. So that's what that basically means. Now, when they say fleshly, it's the opposite. Being hard. Being prideful have doubt, you're being bad, you're hard instead of being gentle, and you're not patient when it comes to long-suffering. And you have worry instead of peace. These are the carnal things that's in the mind that physically show of those characteristics. Verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So let me explain what that means. Enmity, e m e n m i t y, is the state of feeling being active or opposed or hostile. So when you talk about being hard, Talking about being impatient and talking about being evil, those are the characteristic of the carnal side of a person that's not walking in God. So being a Christian are you hostile and opposing everything? Have you ever had Christians argue all the time? Is that Good to do? Actually, it's not. Actually, you're going against God's character. Now, you against God, instead of being hostile by being friendly and gentle, but instead of opposing, don't be quick to answer, but inquire of the Lord. If you have to oppose somebody, In other words, inquire him, pray, seek him, instead of getting into conflict or argument. Don't oppose everything. Be gentle and friendly instead of being hostile. Last verse. Verse 8. So then they are in the flesh, cannot please God. So I discuss explain to you about the flesh, which is the characteristic of the opposite nine fruit of the spirit. And we're talking about Christian here. The apostle Paul in the book of Roman talks about these types of characteristic that's against God and God is not pleased. Flesh is the old character that tends to rise up. Is your mind set Full of the nine fruit of the spirit. Prove to God by displaying your action. In closing. Do you want to please God? Here is your to-do list. If you do this list, then you'll become pleasing to God. Here it is. Number one deny yourself and pick up the cross Matthew 16 24 said then Jesus said unto the disciples if any man will come after me this is what Jesus said speaking in red let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me so here's the key Jesus is the center of your life Jesus is Lord of your life and it's up to you to follow him and if you follow him that means that you have to deny everything about who you are and what you are and to follow Christ as He is, living holy. So take up your cross, which is Christ, and follow Him. Amen? That's the first one. Here's the second one. Study the Bible. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. There it is. You need to study the word of God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. That basically means you study it, you break it down and rightly divide the truth so you may know and understand the word and his will in your life and how to live a lifestyle for God. Here's the third bullet point. Draw close to God. I gave you the question is, how do you please God? Here's the third bullet point. Draw close to God. James 4.8 said, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinner, and purify your heart, ye double-minded. Sometimes we get double-minded Meaning that we are hypocrite of the word. Meaning that we're holy on Sunday and then Monday through Saturday, we're not holy. We're living ungodly for God. But when Sunday comes, they tend to live for God. But the other six days, they're living loose as a goose. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. That's a condition for you to meet him halfway. If, imagine a tennis court. And the tennis court has a net right in between the middle. One player must come to the net, which is you, and then God will come to the net. That's how you meet him in the middle. That's why it's conditional. That's why it's called personal relationship with God. If you want to draw near, then do your part by spending time in his word and praying and glorifying just like how we worshiped this morning. And that's how you begin to please God. And here's the last bullet point. How to please God. Execute what you learn. James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. See, on Sunday they hear the word, but when Monday comes, they forget the word. So how important is it to hear the word and then follow the word? I'll give you an example. If you want to be rich in seven years to become a millionaire, there's a formula. So now you heard the seminar, now you got the formula, now you act on the formula and you do what you're told to become a millionaire in seven years. See, that's doing it in order to become wealthy. So, why is it the, any different from God? So basically in God, God's asking you to what you learn in the Bible is to do what the Bible says. Amen. Please God, but deny your ways for his ways. Read and study the Bible daily. Desire to get close to God through praying. And most of all, doers of the word of God. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. May your word touch your people. May they apply it. May they fear you like never before. May they honor you and reverence you by living godly before you. Because God's eyes go to and fro. God sees all. God knows all. And Lord, we can't fool you. Because you're our almighty God that created all things. So we just thank you, Lord, that we can live a humble life and live a godly life. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.